everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my husband and co-host Jeremy as usual and today we are talking to Tara. Tara is a young woman trying to figure life out. We start the episode talking about the pressure we all have around college time to take major decisions that are going to influence the rest of our life. Tara went to engineering school, something she didn't like thoroughly enjoyed, but during her education, she got involved into multiple programs to help younger students, especially women. The conversation then took a turn and we talked about her body image. We talked about fat shaming, fat positivity, and the use of the word fat, actually. That was a pretty interesting conversation. Once again, it's an episode that we really enjoyed recording where we cover multiple life topics that affect all of us during our youth. Enjoy. Hi Tara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've been trying to get you on the show for pretty much 12 months, I think. <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad that we are making it. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm sorry it uh, took so long, but finally I was like, you know what? You're not going to figure anything out, um, so you might as well just start talking now. <laughs> Let's start with that, because I thought that was really interesting. I, I do remember that a few months ago, you, you, you messaged me saying, uh, I'm still trying to figure things out in my life. I don't think I'm ready to talk about it. And I think I replied something along the lines of, this is why I want you on a podcast, because you're trying to figure it out. You're in the process, and this is the fun part. And it's probably going to take a long time to figure life out anyway, because it's a long life journey. So this is why I want you on the show. It's because I want the juicy beat when you're in it. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, I really do. Like, honestly, you guys are so consistent. You would message me, like, at least every two months, like, hi, how are you? Ready <laughs> to be on the show? And you have been so patient, so I really appreciate it. Um but yeah, I think I just, I had this idea in my head that like, you know, graduate high school, then I go to college, graduate college, get a job. So I always knew what was next. And then when I didn't like what was happening, I was like, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of job do I want to work? Why do I want to work this job? But how do I make money? Like, I just went to school for four years and I have over $100,000 in student loans in debt but I don't want to I don't like what I studied and so just a lot of life things that I'm like okay well maybe I need to just like start from scratch <laughs> start over it's such a scary concept being 23 24 and having a hundred thousand dollars in debt that is a <laughs> mad place to be yeah it's um I wish I like had paid more attention in high school or maybe I don't know like my age I feel like we had technology but still it wasn't as like today where like everything's in your face like yeah we had phones and we were like on snapchat and like instagram a little bit but um there wasn't I didn't see like this like entrepreneur hustle mm. of like all these people who are telling us like why you don't need to go to college or what like yeah. what to think about before you decide to go to college and um I kind of that that came into my like into my world when I was like halfway through college already or like three-fourths of the way so it was just kind of like 
all right, um, you gotta finish this degree, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, there's definitely, yeah, that's all I did. <laughs> if it can help, mm -hmm. the, what you're saying came into our life when we are in the thirties, you know, like we are, she's 33 and I'm 33 for another 12 days. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're, you can also see the positive and you can see that you're 10 years ahead of us if that can help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I also, and that's kind of what a lot of people would panic about their student loans. If it was like, my friends are like, oh my God, I have $20,000 in student loans. And I'm just like, well, I have 113000 but honestly, whatever. Because mm. like, life's going to keep moving and I'll figure it out. And I got the, I made the best out of my experience at school, even if I didn't like what I was studying or whatever. Um, it's just money. <laughs> what did you study? Uh, I studied industrial engineering. Why? So, what does um, that mean? <laughs> yeah. So, it's no, it okay. Yeah, industrial engineering is kind of like a mix of engineering and business, and it focuses more on, like, manufacturing, um, quality of products, um, the, like, speed and efficiency of a company or of a production. Um, so industrial engineering, manufacturing, that fun stuff. And engineering, um, well, growing up, I always said I wanted to be a lawyer. Don't really know why. People just said I like to argue. So they were like, you should be a lawyer. You like to argue. And I was like, well, when I think you're wrong, I'm going to, like, argue. Until I figure it out. And then I might agree with you and be like, oh, no, that makes sense, you know. But that's how you learn. Um, but then there was just a switch of, like, um, I enjoyed working with my hands. So whenever in class, if we had, like, a woodworking shop, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and so in high school, I took just any tech ed class, any woodworking class, any mechanical drafting class. Um, and I enjoyed working with my hands, but I did not enjoy engineering school. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a lot of math and science that yeah. I just like don't care for. And I didn't think about, I didn't think about any of that. Like I was just, it, cause everybody tells you, you know, like, oh, engineers make a lot of money, but like nobody, nobody tells you how much money you got to pay in taxes and then how much money you have to pay for your insurance and then how much money your student loans are going to cost. So by the time you actually, like, but, you know, people are paying student loans until they're, like, 40, 50, 60. Mm. So, but they don't tell you that. They're just like, oh, here's what your salary is going to be pre-tax. Yeah. Um, and so kids are like, oh, I'm going to go to engineering school. And they don't think about, like, do I really want to do this? Is this something and also, that yeah, I enjoy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it's something that you enjoy as well because you can spend, you know, so many years studying and then so many years working a job that you don't enjoy for the salary that, you know, yeah, you've At got a lot of cost, money. But yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a different yeah. cost, like your happiness and your, your like, mental health. Um, not to say that I didn't enjoy school or get stuff out of it because I did, but definitely when I look at the number of loans I have, sometimes I question, I'm like, well... I could have maybe done this for cheaper or something. <laughs> was that a narrative that was 
passed down to you by like your your your, your bringing your education your parents or society in general like what um, what was it like probably like society in general and i'm a i am a first generation um iranian american so my parents are immigrants from iran mm-hmm. and so there wasn't really any it was kind of like you know follow the american dream follow like go to college mm. it was very in very middle eastern too where it was like you want to be a doctor a lawyer or an engineer like i remember when i told my dad that i wanted to study engineering he was like are you sure you don't want to be a doctor like mm. very just mm. you know uh pick a high paying profession or a stable profession um so i i don't think i really allowed myself to like think creatively or really stop and be like, okay, I'm going to look at my options outside of this box because this is the box or the painting that my, my parents painted and society, society has painted, but like what's outside of this and mm-hmm. I, maybe I'll like that more. I, I understand what you mean. And again, this is something I've realized the last couple of years personally, that mm-hmm. the world is a huge place. There are so many opportunities and possibilities in the world outside of this classic box those few degrees that we are being fed or like the degrees you need to get to have a successful life whatever that means there's so many other ways to make money live a happy life be successful again whatever that means for you and stuff like that and we don't get this information most of the time in school or in our house uh we have to figure it out later like like you were saying at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah it's um i don't know it's kind of like it's it's like what do you do next and i think it's pretty cool what you guys are doing you're just like well let's interview a bunch of interesting people and travel and you know, like you said like you're still figuring it out and maybe and i think that's really awesome that you guys are being like dedicated to figuring it out and testing new things um it makes me feel better about like trying to figure it out as well somehow (laughs) well it's just i've personally i came to realize and this is really personal that i don't think i'm gonna figure it out Mm -hmm. like i don't i I don't expect actually to figure out i don't even care about figuring out i just want to try things that makes me happy and if they don't i'll try something else um, I've realized that I don't need to do the same job and have the same career for 40 years until I retired and then enjoy life. I can try things when I want, as I want, for as long as I want, and when I don't enjoy them anymore next. Because there's a lot of things that I can learn, that I can YouTube, <laughs> Google, and, 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 and figure out. And, and it's just part of the process. And I think personally that makes me happy that makes me feel like i'm doing something fun i like challenges i i like to build stuff i don't like to run stuff when something is created it becomes boring to me in a sense i like the the process more (laughs) than the destination um so and keeping up with it (laughs) yeah so i personally i've just accepted the idea that actually i'm not gonna try to figure out i'm just gonna enjoy the ride and i'll see what happens and when I came to this realization, I became way more, way less stressed and anxious about trying to see what's coming next, you know? 
I feel more peaceful now. That's awesome. I think that makes sense. I feel like I have to remind myself that it's like, you know, it's really okay if you like switch it up all the time. Um, like, like you said, taking the pressure off, I feel like makes it easier. Mm. Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yes, literally. Or am I going to care? Am I going to be mad about this two days from now? Or am I going to be, or, you know, or when people talk about moving, I'm like, well, you could always move back. You know, if you don't like it, just go back. I know it's a lot of work, but yeah, like, good question to ask. <laughs> so to get back to your journey, um, mm -hmm. you didn't enjoy your school in a sense that you didn't enjoy your, your major, but I feel from my research that actually your college years were very interesting because you got involved into many things in the the school life mm -hmm. the college life that i think made your experience better in a sense you didn't enjoy one side but at least you had a great other side <laughs> yeah uh, can you tell us about about everything that you did during your those years yeah so um I went to the Milwaukee School of Engineering, which is a small private school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the United States, in the Midwest, um, and it's, there's like 2,500 undergraduate students, so it's like pretty, it's pretty small. It's like in the middle of our downtown, like our city too, so it's not like a college campus, it's mm. kind of like blended in with the city, um, but... So when I got to MSOE, um, I definitely panicked and almost dropped out because the school is 80% male and it's like 90% like all white people as well, which is not bad, but it's just like intimidating when, mm. you know, like just when there's not a lot of diversity in general, like just all guys that look very similar. <laughs> so I remember I like walked into my first class and like I was the only girl. And, I, and they said that. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of girls at MSOE. But then when it actually happens, you're just kind of like, really? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so it was kind of, like, hard to make friends, which I always thought I was good at making friends. But um, I don't know. It was hard. Like, college was intimidating. I didn't really have a great roommate. She, she like, didn't want to... Um, I don't know, go out and make new friends. And so, like, my first, I don't know, I'd say a couple months at school, I was like, oh, I hate engineering. I, you know, this is hard, and, oh, I don't have any new friends. And then I, like, the beginning of the next, like, trimester started. And am I allowed to swear on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Usually I don't catch myself, but all right. But I was kind of like, fuck it, let's go to all these meetings and sign up for some shit and see what happens. And so I did something I thought I'd never do, and I signed up to be in a sorority. Um, mm -hmm. But a sorority on an engineering campus is not like the crazy ones that you see in the movies where they're like, woohoo, party. <laughs> It's like, we're all going to cry about our homework and then like get Taco Bell at 2 a.m. or something. So, But anyway, so I joined a sorority and I made a lot of friends. So that was cool and out of my element. And then um, I took a lot of leadership positions and that <laughs> somehow it was cool. Cause like being a, um, 
being like a first generation child, um, and I, I don't have like a lot of family around me. I don't have like all of my extended family is like in Iran and my immediate family. It's just, yeah, I, I like don't have like, you know, all my grandparents are past. Um, so I am like very used to when I make new, when I make friends and like, I like choose my family. Um, and in the sorority, like, I got a little, like, a little sister. And then she got a little. And so I had all these, like, little sisters. And, and I had big sisters. So I think that was really helpful, especially being at a school that was all dudes. Um, <laughs> and then I joined the, like, Society for Women Engineers. And I don't know. It was, like, my first meeting. And they were, like, electing people for, like, positions. And I was like, fuck it. I'll sign up for this position. I don't know what's going to happen, but... I don't know what my responsibilities are or how much work this is going to be, but Tari, you're just going to sign up for a bunch of shit. And, um, yeah. And then I did that. And, um, I would say those were really pivotal in my experience. Um, because with the society of women engineers, I ran for like outreach chair, which is basically, I would outreach, do outreach with the other women engineering students at our school and then eventually with high school and middle school um, females in, like, the surrounding Milwaukee area within, like, maybe 20-minute drive of where mm-hmm. we were or, I don't know, people from outside of Wisconsin, too, but doing, like, STEM activities with them, like science, technology, engineering, or STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. So doing activities with them, setting up like tours at different companies so they could learn about the different types of engineering they could do. Um, helping high school, middle school girls like do activities in steam to see if they have an interest in coding or building or construction or something. Um, so for like a year, a year and a half, I just went really hard on like doing fun science activities with college kids and high school and middle school kids and just uh, it was really rewarding um just like seeing oh seeing like the light bulb click like when a kid's like trying to do an activity and then they connect it and they're like oh and like feeling like you taught somebody something is really cool it's a kind of mentorship program right Mm -hmm. in a sense yeah basically and in that program i tried to do a lot of different things. I tried to start a mentorship program where like the seniors would mentor the freshmen so that like when you're, it's your first day at college, you'd have a, like a friend, like a big brother, big sister or whatever to like help you. Um, yeah. And it's just interesting to talk about because I feel like a whole different person than I was when I was in school. Mm. So I'm like talking about, I'm like, damn, I did that. Like, <laughs> Like, what was, what? Like, where did that come from, you know? But, um... I was going to ask you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, just everything I did in college was kind of, like, surrounded by trying to, trying to bring people together and trying to help one another because I've I've always been chasing, like, the big family that I don't have in the Mm -hmm. States. And so I just love, like, bringing people together. And I love, even in sports in high school, like, whenever, um, every year I got older and I loved hanging out with the freshmen. When I was a senior, I loved 
driving them to practice. I loved giving them advice, you know, because I loved when people did that for me when I was in their position. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think everything that you've been doing and actually, so you, you actually started to help others in high school, uh, not even college. So you were even younger this time. But I think that shows a lot about your personality and who you are, you know, you're obviously a generous person, someone who wants to help others, you're not selfish, you're not just doing your own thing and doing your education, going through each step and partying and living and, and that's it, you know, you you want to have an impact, maybe that's a big thing, but I mean, you, you want to make a difference, you want to improve other people's experiences and stuff like that, you're not going through the journey on your own, you are trying to create a community around it to yeah, leave it with other people. And uh, that obviously tells a lot about who you are, you know? Thank you. Yeah, it's just, I think, um, I think going back, I think I might have mentioned this, but just being like a first gen here and kind of building a family, like I got a lot mm. of help from my friends and my friend's uh. parents. And I had a lot of like mentors that just kind of happened in life. Like when I first year of soccer trying out you know one of the seniors kind of took me under her wing and helped me um and so i kind of like want to pay it forward too and continue that tradition of help people help me and i help others and everybody's happy <laughs> you mentioned about helping girls in particular is that something you're passionate about is helping other girls and women succeed and to try new things and i guess get into the engineering world um, that was definitely, I think, my first, like, two to three years at school. That was kind of, like, my main mission. It's definitely something I'm still always passionate about. Um, but definitely in my first, like, two years at school, I was very big on just, like, making sure that women and girls knew that they could do, like, whatever they fuck they wanted. Like, no matter what anybody said. Um, and that even though like things are like new things are scary that they're not the only one that's scared too um and that like it's okay to be scared when you're trying new things and it's okay if you learn differently than other people it's okay if it if it takes longer to learn something than you might than it takes for your friend um and that focus on like kind of women in engineering has like just shifted a lot i feel like when I got to college, you know, I feel like my focus like was here and then it kept getting broader um, because I was focused on like getting females into engineering and then I joined a different program and this program changed my life. Um, it's called the University Innovation Fellows and it was, it's this program like based out of Stanford, but it's an international program. Um, and this is where I learned design thinking, but, um, it was like so random. I, cause we, it's an international program. We didn't have it at our school yet. And then all of a sudden I get an email one day, like junior year, just like a one sentence, like, Hey, are you interested in this with a link? And I just look at the website and again, I was like, fuck it. Yeah. This looks kind of cool. I didn't in the website though. Like it's kind of hard to like this program is like hard to grasp in just like one sentence. So mm. I wasn't really going off of much. Like I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, 
and I got myself into a lot, and it was awesome. Um, but so this program, you like, you have to um, the application. They ask you like three different questions, and you take a one minute. They're very big on video, so you take a one minute video of yourself um, and submit. That's like how you answer the question and submit it. And some of the questions are like, if you could choose between this superpower and this one, what would you choose? Mm. Um, another question was like, who is your biggest mentor or who is your biggest, like, um, like, who do you look up to the most and why I should, I should look back and see who, who I wrote about at the time. Mm. That would be interesting. That was a couple of years ago. Um, and then I forgot the last question, but it was just unlike anything I've ever experience yeah. because with engineers it's it's you know cut and dry there's no fun there's no not not no fun but you know the very math and science stereotypical guys don't want to show emotion there's no nobody's like here's three interesting questions send me a video no mm-hmm. engineering yeah. application does that maybe like facebook or google but anywhere else in milwaukee all these like manufacturing plants or you know it's a bunch of boomers like they don't know how to use video so i was just like this is the shit this is nothing like i have at this like at school um and then four of us randomly um got selected for this program and we like were the first cohort at msoe um to like bring it to our campus so we like there was no there was no like ground like we laid the groundwork kind of mm. for this program at our school and it was just so i think that was like my first taste of like a little bit of entrepreneurship where it's like you just figure it out as you go and you like you fuck up and but then when things go awesome it's like really cool because holy shit like you did that like you made it happen um but Sorry, I'm getting too excited about all that stuff. <laughs> so what, the, what, what was the, the purpose program. of the program? Yeah. So uh, the program exactly. is all about empathy, honestly. So it's empathy, mm. design thinking. It's about reimagining higher education um, because <laughs> higher education right now, most college experiences are like, I'm going to listen to this lecture and I'm going to watch you click through this PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and UIF, University Innovation Fellows, is the complete opposite. It's like, let me bring you into a room with all these people and we're going to play the biggest game of rock, paper, scissors you've ever played and then we're all going to like design something with post-it notes and we're going to play music and it's just like we're going to teach people how to empathize. We're going to teach people how to ask questions. We're going to teach people how to think um, from another person's perspective. We're going to throw out all the constraints and, and then we're going to add all the constraints and figure out what you come up with. And it's just like, if all classes were taught the way, like with the energy and with the dynamics of the way that this program teaches, like everybody would have A's and everybody would want to go to class and everybody yeah. would treat each other better. Mm. Yeah. So this is like a, like a special program that's trying to get into universities in the U.S.? Uh, all over the world. So okay. they have in um, there's universities in 
India and the Netherlands and um, Peru and then in the U.S. and Mexico. So they're really trying to bring students or change agents is what they call them from like Mm -hmm. to creating change agents on campuses to help change higher education in their schools. Um, So part of that, like something we did at our school we did a lot of different things, but one of the things we did is like design thinking workshops and the steps to design thinking. The first step is empathy. So empathize um, with whoever it is, define your problem, ideate. And but the thing is, like you, you go to work now in like a stereotypical company and people ideating for them is like, all right, anybody have any ideas? You like sit at a table and you all look at each other. You're like, you got an idea? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think about this. But this whole workshop is about putting you in like the best mindset and giving you the best energy to ideate. You're like on your feet. You have a pad of post-its. You have a Sharpie. There's music playing. And there's like, there's tools that we use to like spark the creativity and spark the ideas and you remove all constraints and you write your out of the box ideas because who knows, like it could work. But when we're in the workplace, we don't think about those ideas because mm. we're very practical. Mm. And so we, I feel like we miss out on a lot of opportunities when we are so quick to think about the, like the negatives and the hurdles. Um, but yeah, so sorry. So that this program is trying to change higher education, make it more experiential and immersive Versus just like lecture based. Um, and it's really trying to bring people together as well. I had no idea this was a thing. Nope. <laughs> so is that people's is that people's job then? So are you a design thinking facilitator? Um or you I, were I could be, yeah, because I, I did try to do it for a little bit like what, right when the pandemic started. I did like two workshops. I, that was like a new thing that I was like, fuck it, you know, because I had been design doing design thinking workshops at MSOE for at least two years and in the Milwaukee community, like we hosted like an entire like conference and we, um, we did a, an open invite for the Milwaukee community and like 60 people from all these different companies showed up. So I was like, okay, I've been doing these workshops for like two years. So let me try and like offer this as a service. Um, and I was like really terrified and definitely feeling imposter syndrome. So I did it for like, I did a couple workshops, but I have not done one in a while. (laughs) And what does that mean that you would go into a company and be like, hey guys, so rather than your typical ideas session, we're going to play music and play games and have fun with it. Is that what you would, like you would go into a company for a day and do that? Pretty much. Yeah. I only did it like uh, maybe a few times like for free. And then one time when I was doing it paid, I was like so nervous. And I, I was walking into, like, a very, like, an old-school financial company. Oh. Um, and so, but it's really cool to see. You can see in people's faces the people who right away are like, fuck it, yeah, let's do whatever this 23-year-old says. <laughs> and then the people who are like, what the shit is this? Like, <laughs> like what? What and then by, <laughs> Yeah, but then by the end of it, everybody was like, I'm impressed with what we just came up with. And it's like, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've 
I've read a few things. I've got a book on my Kindle that I want to read about design thinking. It's been there for I don't know how many months now, and I keep putting it off. It's uh, okay. I but... put this off for 12 months. So. <laughs> no, but I, I know it's a really interesting topic that can really change the, the culture of companies, the, the old way of thinking that we have in the corporate world. Um I know the, the, this new approach, let's call it this way, can really, yeah, change the the culture, but also the the way we approach problem solving and stuff like that. And it can have a real impact on the productivity and and stuff of the company. It's not just a let's have a team building session and stuff like that. No, no it's mm-hmm. actually like a real professional business output out of this whole thing. And yeah, the the more people would embrace it especially like you said before like <laughs> in the financial yeah. world and stuff like that i mean that that's that that was really brave to step into this <laughs> thing <Thank honestly>. <laughs> it's not the easiest one to start with um but i, I can clearly see a, a future for that i mean uh, i also yeah. understand the, the the fear behind you i mean I, I get it like 23 going into a company full of 30 40 50 years old guys probably like, wearing suit and shit and and <laughs> And telling them basically like what they should do to maybe, you know, get better. Like, not easy. It was definitely, there's a lot of figuring it out on the go. Um, But kind of like with podcasts, you know, like you have a, you have some things in mind that you're going to talk about, but on the go, you figure out like what questions you're going to ask. And that's kind of what these workshops are. Because you can apply design thinking to anything like I'm, I want, I want to do like a workshop with myself to like figure out my life, not necessarily figure out my life, but like maybe figure out like, like I have like a, I'm working on like a little side hustle company right now. So I, I'm going to do some, at least some design thinking activities that I've learned to like help come up with a name. Or if I'm, I'm kind of stuck on a couple of things personally in my life. And I know if I do some of those activities, it can help promote, I don't know, just cognitive function creativity um so it can be applied i mean there's somebody who like wrote a book or there's like a workshop at stanford called design your life and they have a whole class that's like based around using design thinking to like design what you want to do so it's crazy (laughs) what's the side hustle um if you want to talk about it if you don't (laughs) No, no no it's okay I don't think I'm ready yet. No? Um, okay. No, because this is, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's going to take a while. And it's something that, like, I really want to do. Like, there's been a lot of things in life that I've really wanted to do. And a lot of, you know, you pick up a lot of projects, you put mm-hmm. them down, who knows how long you <laughs> keep them going for. But this is something that I like. And usually, like, I like to talk. So right away, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. You know, and then I don't do it. And then I'm like, shit, well, I already told five people I was going to do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this time uh, I'm like moving slow, but because I know like, I feel like this is right. Like this is going to be what I end up, this, this is going to like be my path for the next, for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future for like the rest of my life. Like I want to be in this industry that, um. I'm going into, which kind of ties back into college as well, but it's like in the cannabis space. Mm. Um, 
So I have some like product ideas and some other big visions. Um, but after I joined this UIF program in school, which really shifted me from kind of just being like, okay, like be an engineer and make money. And then I was like, wow, Tara, like look at all these people all across the world doing all these incredible things for other people. And like, being so innovative and creative and I was just like holy shit there's so much more out there mm. um and then I started smoking weed and I was like what I it just opened up a whole new world for me like not to be like dramatic about it but it is like a very medicinal plant like of course like you can just get high and like have fun but also it's like um it allowed me to, like, process emotions that I never thought I could. And it, like, unlocked things for me. And it gave me a different perspective on life. Um, and it helped me to, like, calm down and realize that, like, it's not that deep. You don't need to get A's. You don't need to have the best resume. Like, you... If that person was mad at you yesterday, they probably forgot about it by today. You know, like... All these things that... It was like shutting down the little bitchy voice in a yeah, sense, right? Yeah, exactly. It was crazy. And I was just like, yep, this is it. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, but so you'll, you'll come back on a podcast when this is already Yeah, out, okay? yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, sorry. Because I'm really <laughs> excited about it. But yeah, and give me like two years. All right. You know I won't forget, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll write it down to two years, Monday, November 15th. <laughs> uh, 2023. Um, okay. Got 23 in two years already. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting everything you've been saying because I feel that you are a real, like, fuck yes person if you have an opportunity you're gonna say yes to it <laughs> and then see what happened yeah <laughs> like could be good say. could be not so good yeah I don't know. <laughs> it looks like you've done that many times so you what i get from nice you're not scared of saying yes you're not scared of putting yourself into something new you're not scared of uh yeah stepping out of your comfort zone and, and trying things without having any idea of what's going to happen, the outcome and stuff like that, which is amazing. And that explains your growth. Uh, I also see a lot of generosity and a lot of dedication into doing things that help other people. Um, it looks like also you had many successes, you know, like uh, most of the thing you've tried, you, you got involved in were pretty successful. Um, on, on, on at the school or with the design thinking stuff but still you you mentioned the imposter syndrome like this this a confidence issue maybe behind that maybe stops you from maybe i don't know pushing the last door or something right yeah um no it's a good point i think so I think sometimes it's a confidence issue and sometimes it's really my subconscious being like, is this what you want to do? Like, is this what, is this what you want to do or do you want to try something else? Hmm. Um, but I think, well, 
it's interesting you say that I'm like a fuck yes person because like I try I try to be um but um as I grow up I I've learned that a lot of that has tied into like my body image and um like fat phobia and um just how people treat like fat people in society and there's when you're fat in the world um you kind of ha- you have a decision to make you decide whether you're going to let people's opinions um like get you down and you're going to be like sad about it and you're going to hide yourself or you're going to be yourself unapologetically and do whatever the fuck you want and wear what you want regardless if somebody thinks if you're ugly or not um and so I think once I made that decision about my body I that carried into the rest of me too because I'm it's just like I'm not going to spend my whole life worrying about if somebody thinks I'm fat when I could be fucking hiking in the mountains somewhere or I could be on going to Bali or I can I I should be going to this concert and I could look so good in this dress but I'm going to like be worried about it and obviously that's a decision that's easier said than done because um, it's not easy to just be like I don't care what people think and I'm just going to go out and do this but there's just an added element to like Like, lately, I've been going to a lot of concerts by myself, and that's something I never thought I would do, because already going to a concert, I'm, like, nervous, because I'm, like, plus size, and then, you know, people like to wear certain outfits, and I, like, I, I like to wear tight clothes and crop tops, like, even though I'm fat, it, not even though I'm fat, because that's, like, a fat phobic statement right there, but I guess it, like, even though stereotypically, like, a fat, you'd think a fat person would want to hide, I, like, don't care. I feel cutest, like, when I'm wearing a crop top and when I'm wearing, like, form-printing clothes. And I think I'm stylish as hell, but, um, so I guess all of this to say that the fuck yes attitude, I think, comes from, like, a little bit of rebellion to just, like, well, the world's going to talk shit about me no matter what I do, so I might as well fucking do it anyway. Love that. I like this attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Thanks. really good way to put it. I mean... <laughs> Thanks. I mean, and I guess I shouldn't even focus on, you know, I think a, a step above that would be, like, not even worrying about people who speak negatively because there's a lot of people out there who speak positively. Mm. But, so it's like, what if I even forgot about all the negatives and I just focus on the compliments I got or like the positive things in the world. So that's my next step. <laughs> like you said before, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that's what we should do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all should do this, but yeah, easier said than done. Uh, we still have, all of us have work to do on that for many different reasons, but yeah. When by when I mean at what age did you make that shift con- uh, in your mind that you were gonna stop not doing things uh, because of the way you looked for and actually like embrace your life and everything when did you make that shift because I mean you're still really young so um I think it's like 
an ever, it's an ongoing conversation. It's not like a switch where I was like, okay, now I'm confident forever because mm. there's definitely, um, ups and downs. My like weight has fluctuated a lot. So my body's changed and I'm, co- I'm confident. And so like, as I like learned to get confident, my new size, and then once that changes, um, it's really hard. And it's really hard to not, like, when your weight fluctuates, to not be like, oh, I, you know, I like myself better. I'm, like, five pounds less. And, like, then I go back. And um, it's just an ongoing conversation with myself trying to trying to do what's best for me and take care of my health, but not focusing on, like, size or weight and trusting that I'm doing what's best for me. And, um... So the decision, like, it's a decision that I have to make every day. Like, when I get up, um, when I look in the mirror, and when I go out in public, it's like a, I have to remind myself. Um, But I don't know when I really made the decision, because even when I, like, have low self-esteem, or even when I was younger... And I, like, didn't have the confidence that I have today. It's, I still naturally, like, I still did what the fuck I, like, wanted to do at the end of the day. Mm. Even if I was insecure about it, I, like, still did it. So, I think with age, I'm getting maybe, like, a little less insecure and a little bit more out there, but... Yeah, it's just an ongoing decision. And then hopefully mm-hmm. with every day I make the decision, it gets a little easier to make that. You you mentioned health and it's it's a tricky one in the sense that also there is physical health and mental health. Um, we often, too often probably, see and talk about physical health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what because it's visible also we can see uh, we can see it more it's easier to judge which is not a good thing but it's uh, what we do as human being mm-hmm. and we don't see the mental health consequences of those comments and everything that we have on the physical health and maybe trying to get physically healthier is going to damage also your mental health because of things you're gonna have to go through it's it's a, it's a tricky balance on to navigate i guess yeah it's um i think it just all depends on how we go about treating ourselves and like trying to reach health like i am fat positive but i also know that like i know that like fat plays into effect into people's health However, it is not the only factor out of, like, a million factors. And, like you said, people are very quick to judge on the outside. And you have no idea what that person does, you know, in their life or how they choose to live their life. or. Um, and I think because we are in a society where, like, we do feel judged all the time or we're very... We want results quickly... When it comes to health, we're just like, well, if you're this size, you're healthy. And, like, 
how do we get there as fast as possible? Hmm. And that's not sustainable. That's not healthy. That's going to hurt your body. It's going to hurt your mind. So, but I don't know. I feel like anything in life, there's people who do it negatively and there's people who do it positively. There's people who raise their kids with, you know, with anger and abuse. And there's people who raise their kids with love and compassion. There's, there's teachers that just read a lecture to you. And then there's teachers that are going to like really try and design like an immersive lecture for you. And there's people there's, and just sometimes when it comes to health, like I think this side kind of wins where, um, I don't know. We just are so focused on pointing out everybody's flaws and pointing. And I should speak for myself. I'm speaking for myself, I guess, and what I feel like society does. But and with social media too, it's just like you said. It's just quick to judge based on what you see. Um. And things don't happen overnight, you know. Like, and also the at the end of the day, like fat people are just still deserve health care and still deserve the the same respect that anybody else could get like you're gonna be mad at people for being fat but then you're gonna treat them like shit in health care so like you're just feeding into this cycle if you don't want to help me take care of myself but you're also gonna yell at me for being fat like what do you want me to do here you know so do you know what i find really interesting is when you said about your fat positive and it kind of reminds me of when we did our yoga teacher training in early this year, we had a teacher who talked about being fat and about teaching fat people. And she said that fat people are owning the word fat. And it's like, it's so hard for me to say the word fat. I'm, I'm really struggling to say it. And it's like, kind of weird to say it too, it's like weird. casually. Because like, usually yeah. we're used to being like, oh, I, I feel fat or this looks fat. It's like weird to be like, oh yeah, I'm fat. <laughs> but it's also like so she was saying that fat people are owning the word fat because it's just like I have brown hair I am fat I'm a woman I'm like it's just part of you whereas fat is for so long being told in society as being a bad thing and something you don't ever you never say somebody's fat you never say unless it's like oh my god I look fat no you don't you're so cute like that yeah, kind of thing got like yeah. an ugly connotation yeah, yeah it's, it's so powerful to hear you yeah. saying like I'm a fat person like it's, I hate Thank saying you. that because like no, I, I hate okay. saying like that like you're a fat, but like it sounds so horrible to say. But at the it's same time, weird. I love that. But I love that yeah. you're just like I'm fat positive. Like I am fat, and it's I've never said fat so much in my life. Like I hate that word, and that's another <laughs> thing. Like I I hate saying that word, and that says so much about society that even saying the word I hate it, and it's I don't know. I just had to kind of talk no, about crazy. that. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. It's um, it's kind of like. And that just started for me within the last year. Like, I've been trying to be body positive, but, you know, a lot of times I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm thick or I'm plus-sized. But just this year, I was like, no, I'm going to call it what it is. I'm fucking fat, dude. Like, <laughs> I, like, I have brown hair. I have pink nails. I am, I have fat. Like, I'm fat. Like, like you said. So it's um, it's definitely weird. It's still weird for me, too, to say it. But, um, yeah. and I still like, if I say it casually and my friend, my friends will still be like, you're not fat. And I'm like, I am. And it's okay. You don't need to like make me feel better. Like you don't need to lie to me. 
Like I wasn't I wasn't dissing myself. I was just stating a fact. Like, um, but yeah. It's been interesting. I I'm so. glad your yoga teacher brought that up because we need more fat yoga teachers because I've been doing yoga, but it's it's hard sometimes because like I have a belly, so well, it's she like te- she teaches specifically how to cue a fat person to move their belly out of the way for a certain pose which I've never done and I would feel so horrendously awful doing but I think for fat people having somebody like that to teach certain yoga poses that but it was also like now when you say that I remember something yeah she was and yeah I personally felt really weird I was like I will never say that and it's just because of my conditioning I know but she was Mm -hmm. saying for example like when you do a pose when you have like I don't know your your legs together or something like that. Oh, the uh, like child's pose. Yeah, and, and like for example, you you have you have you you can cue something like one of the word was like you can move your ab- abundance to the <laughs> side or something like that. <laughs> abundance, uh, that's cute. To, and and I was like, I, I I would never have the balls to say that honestly. That's or like know how to say that nicely. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, I would never nice dare. Name. I would never dare to say it because I don't. And and again, it's because conditioning, like you said, like it's, at the end of the day, it's a world, and we make it. We have a, a connotation, it. yeah, behind it. Yeah. Uh, and even if I would say, I, I don't know what I would use if I was, if I had to do it. Actually, if I would use the word fat, the word belly, the word tummy, mm-hmm. the word abundance, or I don't know what <laughs> else. Um, but I know I would feel like. Did I say the right thing? Did I say something wrong? Am I gonna uh, embarrass this person? Am I gonna, you know, I would be having all those conversations in my head. Yeah, because scary. yeah, because there's so many negative connotation with 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 all that, like with with all those words that we've been saying, and then and it's such a tricky place, like so awkward. I feel it's massive stigma that we have in society. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I think it's really cool that you got to experience a yoga class like that. And, um, yeah, it is. I guess it's, it's like, I think that stigma is just gonna, it's gonna feel weird for a bit until it's like, until we somehow normalize the word fat. But, um, Mm. and it's even deeper than that. Like, you know, it's it still is easy for me to talk about it because, like, yes, I'm fat, but I, I'm, like, what would be considered to, like, a small or medium fat. And just, like, and this goes into the conversation of, like, accessibility as well. So we talk about accessibility for disabled people. And we, when, you know, when you go into an airplane or when you go into a house or when you go into a restaurant, the chairs and the doorways are designed based off the average person. Um, but that doesn't always work for everybody. But we don't always have, like, a, a solution to so that everybody can have, like, an equal opportunity. Um, and so this, this could go into a whole other conversation. But it's just, like, so I, I, like, I have the privilege to, like, I can fit in an airplane seat still, like, relatively easily. Like, I can, you know, I can still probably, I can buy clothes at Target. They start, I have plus-size clothes now, but I usually still buy online. But, like, there's a lot of people out there who, like, 
I can't imagine, like, how many doctors have dismissed them or when they are, like, traveling or, like, fat people doing yoga. Like, when I go to yoga, I've been trying hot yoga. Um, I get so sweaty. That's just crazy. But (laughs) it's, like, crazy. But I am, like, you know, there's not, like, more often than not, it's, like, more straight-sized people. And that's, like, totally okay. But, you know, I get self-conscious. I'm, like, oh, I'm, like the only fat person here like doing yoga but Mm. i don't know the more we talk about it and the more it happens and the more that we just like love ourselves unconditionally i think i think everybody will be healthy when we can love ourselves unconditionally like things will fall into place and you'll find your true size and you'll find your true health um but it all starts with empathy and love yeah and also we will be mentally healthy mm-hmm. which will yeah. lead to physical health and, and yeah, exactly. happiness and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. this one last thing i wanted to talk about but i i feel i understand now where it's coming from um <laughs> since the that's when i've noticed it since the george floyd murder last year Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole Black Lives Matter movement that was in May 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for two or three weeks after the murder, a lot of people, including myself, posted on social media about we should do this, we should do that, blah, 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 blah. things need to change, all that. And it faded away, sadly. As mm-hmm. Sadly, as every time it happens, there's a wave of things for two weeks and then it fades away. And I've got to say that I've noticed that on Instagram, you didn't stop. You have been <laughs> posting in your stories about that, but about discrimination uh, in a very broad way, uh, not just about race and about mm-hmm. the, the Black Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement. It's been really brought about different things. Uh, have we noticed that? I was like, she's keep she keeps going she is not giving up it's not because the world stopped talking about it that the problem disappeared and you're still trying to raise the awareness about all the different topics and and it's about race it's about sexual assault uh, sexual harassment uh, about fat phobia and body image and probably other topic that i'm forgetting right now but you (laughs) yeah you've been pushing really hard um first did you notice that that everyone stopped but you carried um, on <laughs> are you aware of it um i definitely i definitely would post a lot of my story just like reposting a bunch of other things yeah. and i think i'm not like i'm definitely not like a huge like i'm not like an activist like out there all the time or like working for a nonprofit to work on certain, like, issues, but I feel like, you know, even if, like, I'm mentally, like, drained, the least I can do is, like, post it on my story. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but, like, do I feel like posting this kind of content on my story right now? Or, like, what if this is, like, people are going to think this is weird or um, whatever, but I'm just like, you know, I have no idea who might see it because, like, how did it get to me, you know? my friend posted it and then their and then their friend posted it and then i you know now i posted it and now my friend's going to repost it and then one of their friends that i don't know 
And so, like, it's the power of social media. So, it's... I definitely slowed down a lot. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, why not share it? You never know who it's going to reach. Um, and that just comes from having a lot of hope, too. Like, my mom was really big on, like, hope. Like, she said, no matter what, on your hardest days or in the face of, like, fear, like, hope is the the strongest thing that you can have. Um, mm. So, um, but going off of, like, this, I don't know if we want to get into, like, specific things that I was posting about, but um, just in general, it just comes from a place of, like, optimism too of like to some you know somebody might just say oh you're just posting it on your story but like you have no idea who's gonna see it you have no idea what that's gonna like and another thing is like five bucks is five bucks but five bucks from 500 people adds up you know so when people post their gofundmes and people post um to raise money for these causes or to raise money for somebody or to raise money for someone's, like, injury. Like, even if I'm broke, like, if I can spend five bucks to buy myself, like, takeout food, I can spend five bucks to, like, donate to somebody. And and then when thousands of people do that, you know, it changes lives. So, I think it's just always worth a post, you know. That's about it. <laughs> it sounds really easy when you say it this way. <laughs> Um, and you gotta follow the right people who post the right stuff you know like my i have very helpful friends who like i find the resources like they've posted it or following certain pages too so it's it's easy to like repost on my story and donate a couple bucks here and there but yeah but it's easy but you know i don't do it and probably a majority of people don't don't make it like it's a really small oh. thing that you do because i think it's i think it's great and i Thank think you. like i acknowledge you for that like you are a minority you're an exception you're a one i don't know less than five percent of people doing that on instagram most people give a shit about what they look like on instagram <laughs> not about yeah. posting something because it can make an in- a, ch- a difference on someone else's life mm-hmm. so yeah, like it's. Thank you. It, it sounds really easy yeah. when you say it and when really obvious, but you know, like um, it's it, it's uh, it's amazing. It's great, and I had so many haha moments reading your stories sometimes about random topics. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Or damn, is that happening in the world? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so keep doing it, but also really give yourself a tap on the back because you keep doing it because it's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you I appreciate that <laughs> it's important sometimes to acknowledge yourself you know <laughs> and and yeah we don't get many praises in the world now <laughs> we usually get shot on most of the time mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah sometimes it's good to do some self care <laughs> right I think sometimes I cause I I compare to like what somebody what somebody else is doing for the community and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that much, but it's like like you said, like every dollar counts, every share counts. So Yeah, it's, it's better just, than better it's than just perspective. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tara. I so I enjoyed so much this conversation with you. 
Thank you. I enjoyed speaking with you too as well. Um, and I really enjoyed getting to meet you, Rosie. I would love to like continue yeah. um, like keeping up with you guys. Uh, sorry if I was like all over the place, um, but that's just is what my life is like as well. <laughs> you know, just figuring it out. Um, so I appreciate you guys listening as I jump around and figure it out. <laughs> I loved getting to know you more, but before we end, we've got one last question. Yeah, of course. Um, it's something that we try to ask everyone. So if you could meet, well, if you could have a conversation with anybody ever, dead or alive, famous or not, it could be literally anybody who you think would be super interesting to have a conversation with, who would you choose and why? What would you want to talk about? Um... Dang, this is hard. I had a feeling you were gonna ask me one of those questions, like, "What your favorite quote or like inspirational quote?" Or like, because I'm so bad at like picking favorites for anything. But the first thing that I'll just say the first thing that came to my head because that's who I'm currently obsessed with. So in the present day, this is who I would like to to hang out with is um, the music artist named Russ, um, because. He literally has a song called Fuck It, I'll Do It Myself. And so that, like, fuck yes attitude that, like, you can't stop me. I'm going to fucking win. Um, like, when I'm depressed, I, like, don't want to get out of bed. I, like, put my spot, I play my speaker, like, from my phone. I, like, sent, I, like, I'm like, hey, Google, because I have a Google home or whatever. I'm like, play Russ. And I just listen to his music and I'm like, fuck it. Oh. Oh, she's off. <laughs> no, now my Google just went off. <laughs> yeah. I said it. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and now it's playing Russ. Oh, sorry about that, <laughs> if you can hear it. But um, he is just, his dedication to his craft is crazy. Like, he put out, just recently, he put out one new song a week for like 20 weeks in a row. And before wow. he even like made it big... He posted free music for two years. He had like 10 platinum singles and he was just doing it for free. Um, him and his best friend like producing together, making music together. And it's, he didn't like come from money or anything either. He like had family issues. He worked really hard. He wanted to like provide for his mom. And uh, yeah, he just fucking did it. Like he... He really, listening to his music, it puts me in this mindset of, like, it's easier for me to block out the negative noise. Um, so, I think the question I'd want to ask him, I mean, there's a million questions I'd want to ask him, <laughs> but I think I'd want to ask him, like, and I'm reading his book right now, so the answer to the question is in there. But um, I would just ask him, like, how does he stay so consistent at, like, being so confident mm -hmm. just like that unwavering dedication and loving yourself that much and confidence and like the willingness to like put out a new song a week and like not care about people dissing you and i don't know but in in his book he talks about um if you really want to make it like you got to be excuse me you have to be a little delusional you have to have you have to have like delusional self belief is what he says like you have to believe in yourself so much that people think you're fucking crazy like you got to be acting like you're a millionaire when you're broke you got to be like believing that your music is the shit even when you're just getting started and it's not the shit like you got to believe in yourself 
that hard if you like want to get there from day one though not when you are successful Mm. like from day one um and so as i'm out here like trying to do new things and a lot of them are like scary and a lot of them are not what my parents may like or know about (laughs) or like the decisions that i'm making i and when i'm like you know i like Hopefully my dad never comes across this podcast. I don't know. But until I'm rich and, like, successful. But I, like, quit my 9 to 5 engineering job. I had, like, a stable salary. And I quit last month, October 1st, was my last day. And, but I just, I'm I'm just going to do what I want to do right now. And I'm going to make it work. And I have to have that that delusional self-belief comes in when those voices of like, oh my God, your dad's going to be so pissed when he finds out. Or what if like, you know, your, your like credit cards maxed again, or your mom's going to flip or everybody's going to think you're stupid. You went to engineering school, you have 115,000 in loans and you just quit your job. And I quit like a job that's like a pretty popular company in like my city so, you know, when I would tell people, everybody's like, oh, that's, a, I heard it was a cool company, but it mm. was not. But, so I just, I need rust. Like, I need, I need that delusional self-belief because I definitely, my self-esteem wavers, my, my trust in myself wavers, my belief. So that's why I have to fake it till I make it. Like, you know, it might sound easy. I'm over here with my fuck yes attitude and my, like, I'm fat and it's cool attitude, but, like, a lot of it is just me having to say that out loud so that I hear it, so that I keep doing it. Um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> Believing yourself was the one; otherwise, no one else will. It's yeah, basically that. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, it's just you. Love yourself. Don't expect other people to love you. It's. Mm-hmm. I love how vulnerable you've been there during this podcast. Like, you know, like even just then saying you know I'm fat and whatever but then it is just you know having to say it for yourself to hear it like I love that like you didn't have to add that bit on the end and like I feel like this whole episode you've just been so honest with us and inspiring and it's just been so great to get to know you because I I hadn't met you before so I had no idea anything (laughs) any of your story but I bloody love you I think you're brilliant and it's been so nice talking to you and yeah I just I hope everyone else has enjoyed listening to this episode as well I'm sure they have done um but yeah thank you so much for being on here thank you for taking the time and thank you for sharing your story yeah of course thank you too it was really lovely to talk to you guys thank you for providing a safe and fun space to talk and um i'm excited to listen to more of your stuff yeah if people have any question for you they want to say hi they want to say thank you they want whatever uh what's the best way to get in touch um they can message me on instagram yeah yeah you can like add my instagram or i can send you my email i'm not like i'm not picky (laughs) (laughs) i will link your instagram in the show notes so people can reach out and yeah i i really recommend everyone to follow tara in the sense that like i said many times that you made me have many haha moment reading random posts that i would have never seen online and just for that thank you (laughs) yeah no problem uh thank you for interviewing 
interesting people and for being very interesting people. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no thank you so much, um, Tara, once again. And thank you for everybody listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. So until then, have a fabulous week and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.